He is risen. One more time. He is risen. Great job. Amen. We left off on our Good Friday service just this past Friday with Mark chapter 15. In verse 42, it says, Now when evening had come, because it was the preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate, the Roman governor, marveled that Jesus was already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he had found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. This was no doubt the same centurion that oversaw 100 men that oversaw the crucifixion of Jesus and the other criminals there on the place called Calvary, uh, or the place of the skull where we go back to its original language, Golgotha. This centurion testified as he saw the sky go dark from 12 noon to 3 p.m. As Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as the earth shook, this battle-hardened centurion who has overseen executions, looked up and saw Jesus and said, Truly this man was the Son of God. And as Jesus cried out with a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And Joseph of Arimathea, as we read, went to Pilate, that governor, and asked for the body of Jesus that he might properly take care of that body, wrap him in those grave clothes, and lie him in a tomb where no one yet had been laid. And it says, then he bought, verse 46 of Mark 15, that Joseph of Arimathea bought fine linen, took Jesus down off of the cross, and wrapped him in the linen. And he laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out of the rock and rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And it says in verse 47 of Mark 15 that Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, observed where he was laid. Brokenness, pain. Sorrow, disappointment are things that we're all familiar with. I think that we can all relate in some way to feeling let down. We can all relate in some way to feeling exhausted, feeling beat down. Talk about being discouraged for these disciples and followers of Jesus. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean that you ever, that you don't ever wrestle with disappointment, that you don't ever wrestle with discouragement. That you don't ever question God's plan in all of this. How is this going to work out for the good? How is something good going to come out of this terrible situation? And no doubt the disciples and those that followed Jesus thought, this is it. It's all over. Jesus is dead. Hope was lost. His life was over. This amazing man who healed the blind and raised the dead and made the disabled able to walk, he forgave people of their sins. They saw it with their own eyes, Jesus crucified. Even as I already mentioned, they were there too. They felt the earthquake. They saw the darkness cover the earth. They wept, no doubt, terribly and could not believe that the people that Jesus came to save would cry out for Him to be crucified. Because you remember, as He stood before the Roman governor, Pilate, 
the people were stirred up and they said, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! But I find no fault in the man. The man that had judged criminals who was responsible for determining what is right and what is wrong according to the law looked at Jesus and said, I find no fault in Him. Because of the pressure of the people, the Roman governor, as was the custom at that time, was to release a prisoner. And hoping to be let off from this pressure in this terrible situation where he had to decide, what am I to do with Jesus? Which, by the way, is the same thing that all of us have to decide. What are we to do with this man, Jesus? The people pressured for the release of a known murderer, a criminal named Barabbas. How could such a thing take place? Why wouldn't you just let Jesus off and condemn the man that was caught in rebellion, killing someone? Well, you know what the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.21? It says this, For He made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. As Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, that includes you and me. For those of you here that don't know Jesus personally as your Lord and Savior, Jesus came to pay the price for the sins of the world. Every wrong thing that we have ever done was placed upon Him. He came to redeem, to exchange His life, to give His life as a ransom for many. And you know what was interesting? As terrible of an injustice as it was to have Barabbas released instead of Jesus, the work of God's redemption began even there. Where a man who was condemned to die was free because of Jesus. Even as it is with us today. Jesus took our place. We were the ones that should have been paying the price for our own sin, which the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We were set free. Jesus was condemned. Yet, though Jesus was crucified, though he was confirmed as being dead, even to the point where they speared him through the side to make sure, even the centurion went to the governor and said, yes, he is indeed dead. They laid him in that tomb. We didn't read this, and we won't read this this morning, so I'll give you the synopsis. The religious leaders were so concerned with that tomb being empty on Easter Sunday that they asked Pilate for an attachment of troops to guard the tomb, lest his disciples come and steal him away. And then his deception, they said, would be greater than the first. And so the Roman seal was placed upon that tomb. And if you know anything about history, they would have wrapped a cord across the tomb, tightened it so it was taut. They would have taken clay or wax, more than likely wax, heated it, placed it upon the tomb, attached that rope to the stone, and then with the signet ring, which signified the power of Rome, sealed that tomb. And so scriptures tell us that tomb was sealed and it was guarded, protected. But though Jesus died, though he was laid in that tomb and it was sealed shut, the story doesn't end there. It's not over. 
In Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, it says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began, and according to Jewish custom, the Sabbath was on Sunday, and their weeks began, or excuse me, on Saturday, and their weeks began on Sunday. And so when you read here, after the Sabbath, so it's after Saturday, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Sunday morning, this morning, I was up early this morning, and as the light began to come into the sky, it says, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And in verse 2 of Matthew 28, it says, And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. This angel's countenance was like lightning and his clothes as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. In one of the other Gospels, it says that the angel told the ladies that were at the tomb, do not be afraid. He didn't say anything to the Roman soldiers that guarded that tomb. Be very afraid. And they ran and became like dead men. But in verse 5 of Matthew 28, as this stone rolled away, and you can see a picture of it on the front of this podium and on the screens here, as that massive stone... Okay, this stone more than likely weighed over a ton, and it was set in a groove so that it would roll in like a track. You would have to have a big stick and a couple of men in order to leverage it, in order to move it and to push it and guide it along that track. You're not going to have a couple ladies move that. It would take multiple strong people to move that stone. This stone was rolled away. The angel threw it back. The guards took off. They were like dead men. They could not move. That seal, the power of Rome that was supposed to keep Jesus securely shut in that tomb was destroyed. For nothing would hold him down. And it says, and the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. But he's not here. For he is risen. Just As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. I love this because throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will have so many amazing things that Jesus said. How do I know that he said that? Well, they're in red in our Bibles, but also we see that they're recorded for us. Jesus said this, Jesus said that, Jesus did this, Jesus did that. I love that the very first thing that we see here is the angels say, do not be afraid, he is risen just as he said. Yet again, just as Jesus said, it has come to pass. Earlier I mentioned that we're not exempt as followers of Jesus from being discouraged and thinking, oh, I guess it's over, it's hopeless, Jesus, God, didn't come through for us, you know, I guess we had a good run or whatever it might be, let's throw the towel in. All too often we forget that what God says is truth. All too often we just forget that he says certain things and we don't understand how This could be a part of God's plan. We become completely consumed with our issues, with our problems. We forget what 
he says. His promises are always true. If God said it, he will do it. In Luke 24, verses 6 through 8, it says uh, another version of, of this account, another account of this story. It says, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. It wasn't an accident. Jesus said, this is why I've come, to lay down my life for the sins of the world. He told his disciples and his followers, he said, I will be betrayed. And we know that happened with Judas Iscariot. I will be delivered into sinful men's hands. And we saw that happen as he was delivered to the Roman government. We also saw that as Jesus said, he would be crucified. We saw that documented in history. But then it says on the third day, he was going to rise again. When things are hopeless and things are dark and things are discouraging, we need to remember the truth of God's word. What he says will happen. And he told his disciples, I will do this and this is what's going to happen, but on the third day I will rise again. And as the angel is telling the disciples this, it says, then they remembered that he had said this. Just as he said. In John chapter 10, verses 17 through 18, it says, Jesus speaking, Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Listen to this, guys. Jesus said, I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Today, The word for our service on this particular Easter was empty. Empty. Because the tomb was empty. See, that tomb, if you really think about it, was filled with pain. And it was filled with suffering and anguish and betrayal and abuse and sorrow and scourging and disappointment and confusion and doubt and condemnation. All of these things. Even that sin that was placed upon Jesus, all of those things, all of those things, The pain, the suffering, the anguish, the betrayal, the abuse, the sorrow, the disappointment, the confusion, the doubt and condemnation were no longer applicable. They had no place to rest. They had no place to dwell. They had no place to remain all because the tomb was empty, empty. Jesus rose again on that Sunday morning just as he said he would, for he has the power to lay down his life, and he has the power to take it up again. He had the power to lay down his life, and in John 19.30 it says, Jesus said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. He gave up his spirit. I have the power to lay down my life. And he also had the power to take it up again. In the Gospel of John, there were sisters by the name of Mary and Martha who had a brother named Lazarus. Lazarus had died. And the sisters, particularly Martha, was a little 
concerned, I guess you could say, why Jesus didn't get there in time to heal her brother of his sickness before he passed away. And Jesus said to her, as they're having this dialogue, he said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. What an amazing statement of Jesus. And again, just as he said. See, the tomb, it's empty. It's empty. That tomb is empty without Jesus inside of it. Now, tombs and burial plots are filled with dead men's bones. That's what fills those spots. It's that place where nature takes its course and we start decomposing back into the elements of the earth that we were created from. Natural rot and decay. But I want to tell you something this morning. The tomb is empty without Jesus, and so is your life. So is your life. You can try to fill that place, that that void, with everything that the world has to offer, and it will not bring you fulfillment. You will continue as you search and try to feed that insatiable hunger and quench that insatiable thirst, you will continually be looking for something more. And you know what's interesting? Because of our information age that we're at the pinnacle of, it would seem, and there is greater things yet to come in that department, no doubt. But there are so many things at our fingertips that we can reach for, for pleasure, for experience. But see, that pleasure is but for a moment. It doesn't last forever. You may even see the emptiness of having material things, and though those things are nice and we thank God for them, but they don't bring contentment and fulfillment. You might say, well, you know what? I need to start being a better person. Maybe that's the key. I need to start helping people more and doing better things. And you may even try to clean up the outside of your life that is without Jesus inside of it. You know, I I don't have Jesus inside me, but I'm going to try to clean up the outside. I'm going to make it look nice. I'm going to, you know, landscape, and I am going to, you know, make these additional uh, uh, renovations that will help my appearance and help my conscience and help my outlook on life. And you might even try to feel better about yourself by doing good things. And you may even go as far as becoming religious. You may even try to become a devout religious person. And you may have the appearance now, you know what, I've really done my time and I'm getting myself together. I have this appearance now of having my life together and having contentment in my soul. But what you see even with religion and good deeds is that even with good deeds and morality and the like, you are still empty like that tomb without Jesus. Because you may look all cleaned up, and we're very good at putting our best foot forward, but inside you're still filled with sin, 
still filled with doubt, still filled with confusion, still dealing with disappointment and sorrow and abuse and betrayal and anguish and suffering and pain. See, religion doesn't remove any of those things. It only masks those things. Religion doesn't remove sin. Only a relationship with Jesus does. A personal relationship with him. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 and 28, he said, Woe to you, you scribes and you Pharisees. These were the religious people of the day that did their good deeds to be seen by men, but their hearts were far from the Lord. Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautifully outward on the outward, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. If you think about it, if we don't have Jesus inside our life, we are just like whitewashed tombs. We may have a certain appearance of spirituality or goodness, but we have ignored the problem of sin and death. Jesus paid the price for our sin on the cross, and then he conquered death when he rose again from the grave. That's why that tomb is empty. He rose again because he is the resurrection and the life. You know, often, and I found myself saying this, and I think that it's probably relatable, I think in some uh, way, shape, or form, for all of us, we'll find ourselves saying something like, uh, man. This is the life. As we're, you know, laying by the pool sipping lemonade or something, and it's the perfect temperature. Man, this is the life. As you look out at that view. Or, man, this is the life. As you had a trip to the day spa or whatever it might be. But when it comes to eternal things, Jesus in your life is the life. It's the life. Because in John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. See, when you place your faith in Jesus, something miraculous happens. Paul describes it, I think, fantastically in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, where he says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Dead in sins, without Jesus. Without Jesus. See, if Jesus would not have risen from the dead, then we would still be and forever remain dead in our trespasses and in our sins. That's a terrible thought. Still in bondage, still enslaved. Still condemned. But because Jesus rose from that grave, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says, But if the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Meaning that no matter what you have done, 
No matter the depth of your sin, God has the power to forgive you and to raise you into new life. And that is what we celebrate today on Easter Resurrection Sunday. The tomb is empty, and yes, so is our life without Jesus. Empty. But because the tomb is empty, you have the opportunity to have Jesus dwell in you, for you would not have that opportunity if he still remained in the grave. But because he rose from the dead, you no longer have to live your life trying to find something to fill that God-shaped void in your soul. God will fill it today. And you're going to have that opportunity. I'm going to give you that opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. To have that space filled. To have your sins forgiven. To have whatever issue it is that you're dealing with here this morning. To know that God is greater. And he has the power to lay down his life. He has the power to take it up again. And the same power that raised Jesus from the grave will also raise you. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 it says, Look, Jesus speaking, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And this morning, Jesus is knocking. He is. And maybe you've heard the story before. Maybe you've put it off for years and years. But you're here today, guaranteed this day, this opportunity. Not tomorrow, not the next time around. Today. There's this song that's, entitled Because he, he Lives or God Sent His Son. But it says this, God sent His Son. They call Him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And because He lives, this song goes on to state, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth living just because he lives. Life is worth living. And you find that hope. And you find that future. And you find that encouragement. And you find that strength. And you find that peace. And you find that power. And you find that purpose through knowing Jesus personally as your Lord and Savior. And if Jesus laid down His life for our sins, then the tab has been placed upon Him. He paid it all. And when He rose again on that third day, He conquered death. You do not have to fear that. You don't have to be afraid of what happens after this life. You'll have that assurance and hope to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And it says again in that song, and then one day I'll cross that river. I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know he lives. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And that is the question that I'm going to leave you with today. Do you believe that? 
I'm not asking, will you acknowledge that? I'm asking, do you believe it? In John 3.18, Jesus said, He who believes in me is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So, this morning, on Easter 2019, you can rejoice that the tomb is empty, or you can leave this place with your life remaining empty. The choice is yours. And that angel, as we wrap up in our section this morning, it says, he is not here. He's not in the tomb. He is risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And it says that those women went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And that's our word for today. Jesus lives. And so I'm going to ask that you would please join with me as we pray. And today, if you've walked away from the Lord, and it's been some time that you've been following Him with all of your heart, and you would like to rededicate your life to Jesus today, then please do so. If today you're here and maybe you've been invited by someone, a friend or a family member or a neighbor or a co-worker, or maybe you just looked on Yelp and saw that there was a church in your area and you're here today on Easter Sunday and you don't know Jesus personally as your Lord and Savior, then with every eye closed and head bowed as well, I'd like to invite you to receive that forgiveness of sins, to receive that new life. It's not about go clean your life up and be a better person. It's about come just as you are right this very moment. Have you sinned? Have you made mistakes? Have you fallen short of perfection? Yes, we all have, the Bible says. But God demonstrated his own love towards you and that while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. And then he rose again. And with every eye closed and head bowed, if you're following the Lord this morning and you're walking with him and you don't need to commit your life to Jesus or recommit it to him, then I'm going to ask that you, in the privacy of your own heart, would please pray for those that are going to make that decision today. And if that's you and you've never put your faith in Jesus, but you understand that you've done wrong things, and maybe you're like, well, who hasn't? Well, that's actually what the Bible says. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. But the wages of sin, what comes from that sin, is death. But I'm going to ask you, as if God were even pleading through me to you today, be reconciled to God. Be made right with him. And so whether you've never given your life to Jesus or you have at one point and you've backslidden and you've walked away, but if you want to be right with God today and you want to have your sins forgiven, then with every eye closed and head bowed, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand wherever you're at and say, yes, that's me. I'd like to commit or recommit my life to Jesus today. Would you just hold your hand up with every eye closed and head bowed? Because I'd like to lead you in a prayer at this moment. And if you're watching online, you can raise your hand as well. Because I'd like to pray for you, and then I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. Just hold your hand up wherever you're at. Anybody else? God bless you guys over there. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Right on. I see you. Good job. Anybody else? 
Is the Lord speaking to your heart? He loves you so much. That's why He came and died. He knew all of the sin before you were born still died for you. You have not surprised Him. You have not disappointed Him. He's aware of it. And He would love for you to have a personal relationship with Him. If there's any last ones, would you please raise your hand and hold it up? Because I'd like to pray for you right now. And then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Just hold it up so I can see it. And I'm going to pray for you right now. I see over there. Right on. Father, I pray for these that have raised their hands, Lord. I ask, God, that as you have spoken to them through your Holy Spirit, I ask that you would now minister to them and draw them unto you. And, Lord, that they would put their faith in you. I pray, Lord, that this prayer that they're going to pray in just a moment, Lord, would just be that guideline, Lord, for acknowledging sin and the call to repentance and the necessity of placing their faith in you and you alone for salvation. And with every eye closed, head bowed, you can put your hands down. And even if you didn't raise your hand and you would like to receive Jesus or rededicate your life to him, I'm going to lead you in this very simple prayer. And I'm going to ask that you would please repeat it after me and meet it in your heart and say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I have sinned. But I ask that you would forgive me of my sin and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you love me, even knowing everything about me. I thank you that you sent your only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. And I thank you that he rose again. And I thank you that you have forgiven me of all my sin. Would you fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and give me your strength that I may be who you've created me to be for I give you my life today in Jesus name Amen and so may the Lord bless you today may he keep you may he cause his face to shine upon you may he be gracious unto you may he lift up his countenance upon you in the name of Jesus give you that peace that surpasses all understanding and may it guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ our Lord God bless you today and let's try this one last time he is risen God bless you happy Easter